Well, you know, when you're thinking about mothers, uh, it, we are thinking about a person, but, but we're not really thinking about just a label. Uh, what, what we're really talking about with Mother's Day and celebrating Mother's Day is we're really celebrating family, a uh, sense of family. And uh, it, it's, and by celebrating or looking at family in terms of a mother, you, you it's, it's clearly, I don't know how to say this, but what, whether your mother intended to have you or not, God intended for that to happen. And you don't get to, you know, there may be instances where you get to make some choices in that, but, but the reality is when we talk about motherhood, it's something that, that really that God is doing to create family. And God does that in, in a lot of ways. And I think that's what this psalm, this section of the psalm at least, is getting at. It starts off with a statement of fact. It says, the Lord works righteousness. And really what's being said there is, the Lord makes right. It's a statement that he makes right. And then it talks about the problem of that. It says, and justice for all the oppressed, or a verdict or a decision for all the oppressed. And what it's talking about there is God makes right, and that requires a verdict to be had on what is oppressing and what is, what is right and what is wrong. And, and he makes a verdict on that. And then he wants to, the psalmist wants us to understand what it is that he's getting at by saying God makes right but there's this problem of oppression that needs to be worked through. And he explains what he's thinking. He says, he has made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel, or, or what the, the literal word is, to the sons of Israel. And, and so the, the first thing is that he makes right, and making right is about dealing with oppression. But what he says, making right, is about people, people that he has brought together. And he wants us to take a look at from the sons of Israel to the point of Moses. And I'm going to run through that story to sort of give us an idea of what it is that the psalmist is pointing to. The first thing about the sons of Israel is the word sons. And the reason why they translate it people is because it's not really, again, the label son that's being talked about. It's about the purpose of building a family. And so what he's really saying is he's building a family. He's making right by building a family, and it's under the name of Israel. And Israel was not the given name to the person who is Israel. Uh, Jacob was his name. And what happened was is Jacob uh, you know, when he grabbed a hold of us, so we're going to start the story with Jacob. Uh, Jacob tried to establish his name and his family. And when he tried to make right, when he tried to do that, it resulted in bitterness and division between his mother and his father, uh, between his brother. He had to flee his house. 
when he was finally coming back and God was going to make it right and God was going to bring them all together and God had prepared that way. Jacob was awoken one night by the Lord and he, he wrestled with the angel of the Lord and the Lord gave him this new name, Israel. And it was a promise that the family that he's been trying to create, that he's been wrestling, the, the way that he's been trying to make right has just resulted in dissension and enemies and the exact opposite. But the promise was that, that through that name Israel, that God was going to give a family. And it was pointing to Jesus, the family that Jesus is going to provide us with. And all that he wanted in the family that he was trying to create, God is going to give another way. But in order for God to give it the other way, all that Jacob had done had to pass away, and it needed to be the family of Israel. And that family of Israel, it's the 12 tribes of Judah, and those brothers sold their brother into slavery to Egypt. And that's, you know, for whatever reason that they did it, there was pain in, in that family and that the way that they made things right, the way that they made family ended up being by just oppressing their brother and selling their brother into slavery. When Joseph got to Egypt, the Lord gave him another family with Potiphar, and that family wanted him to dishonor that family. He, he chose not to. He ended up being thrown in prison. God found he had family in prison. A lot of people find family in prison. And from that prison, God brought him into the family of Pharaoh. Pharaoh had a dream. God gave Joseph the interpretation of it, and, and Pharaoh brought Joseph into his family and tasked Joseph with storing up all the grain for this famine that God had told Pharaoh about, that he had used Joseph to interpret this dream because Pharaoh didn't know what it was. So God pulled them together really as a family. And, and through that, Joseph's family was reconciled. They came to Egypt to get food. They had to be confronted with the evilness of what they had done. Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Uh, in other words, their ideas of making family, their ideas uh, of making right, it was all rooted in evil. It really wasn't rooted in, in anything productive, but it didn't matter because God made it right. And, and that's what the psalm is talking about. God makes right. And two families were brought together. Pharaoh found out that this was his family. He, all of Israel the whole family that God had created came and became a part of the family of Egypt, and they were a blessing to each other, and they lived together, and that family was ex expanded. And so God made right by bringing families together. God made right by taking what was done as evil and working it into making it be something that was good. And the only thing that the family of Israel could do to contribute to making things right wasn't even a contribution. 
it was just asking for forgiveness and forgiveness being given. And then the family of Egypt was fearful of the family of Israel and put it under slavery, severe, severe uh, oppression, started to kill off the sons of Israel to try and keep it from growing as a family. And Moses was born and Moses's mother, God gave Moses to her and God used her to save Moses. And the plan was put Moses in the water and we'll have to see how God makes things right. He was put into uh, the Nile and God made things right by taking the oppressor, the one the oppressor loved, his own daughter, and changed the heart of this oppressor's daughter so that she took pity on her, her heart opened up to this baby that she saw floating in the water. And God made things right, at least in terms of Moses, by bringing Moses into the family of Pharaoh, which was the oppressor of his family. And he lived in that family until the day that he just made a decision. He saw how the family of Egypt was oppressing the family of Israel, his given family, and he decided to leave that family household and go and live with his brothers and sisters in the family of Israel. And he saw one day uh, one of the sons of Egypt oppressing one of the sons of Israel. And he went forward to make it right. And in making it right, he killed the Egyptian and buried the Egyptian in the sand. And the next day he saw two of the brothers of the sons of Israel fighting. And he says, why are you fighting? We're a family. And they said, who are you? Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? See, Moses thought he was making things right by intervening, by joining in, by, by feeling that hate, by murdering, that that would somehow endear him to the people that he wanted to be seen as his family. It didn't bring him any closer to his family. It didn't cause them to be thankful. It didn't cause them to see him in a good light. It was all it did was just cause them to, to fear him. Fear him in a bad sense, whether literally or sarcastically to say, what are you going to kill us now too? Why? Because once that heart of hate is there, you can't just parse it out and say, no, that's just about these people that are in the wrong, that are in the bad. Everybody knows once that heart of hate goes out, it's just across the board a threat to family in and of itself. Moses wasn't making right. The entire time when God brought Israel, saved them from the oppression of Egypt and brought them out, God didn't completely destroy Egypt. In fact, later when the promise of his son, as we get to it, his son, when his life was being threatened, Jesus, the family, Mary, Joseph, 
Jesus uh, found refuge again in Egypt. But when they were out in the wilderness, not once is there any indication that anyone made things right. When you look at Moses in that, because we've been looking at Moses, he thought he was making things right by striking the rock. God said, no, you should have spoke to the rock. There's just this constant conflict of family being built and us wanting and desiring to have that family and God giving us that family. That's what Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel was all about, God giving us that family. But us feeling like it's reasonable to murder each other, to cause oppression on each other. As God is making right, making right is about making family. And as God makes family, he's dealing with the fact that as he's making family, we're just constantly tearing it down. He's making family through brothers and sisters. He's making family through us and regional area. He's making family by bringing families together. That's what the church is supposed to be family. But our attempts to make family always end in just disaster and strife and hurt and fear. And what the psalmist is saying is that the core of it, the reason why it's so disastrous, goes back to the idea of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is instead of letting God make right, we want to take the reins to that, and we want to be the ones that make right. We want to have the knowledge of good and evil, and we want to be able to decide what's right and to make right. And the psalmist goes through and talks now about the difference between us and the way that God makes right, the way that God makes family by making right, and the way that we destroy family by the way we think we're making right. He says, verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. So many times when we think about that we need to make things right, the idea of compassion and grace and slow to anger, abounding in love, it's almost as though we feel like because we're making right, we're now justified in not doing that. Because we're making right, we're justified in rushing to anger. In fact, our anger is justifiable because it needs to be there in order for things to be made right. That if it isn't there, if there isn't, if they can't see, if they can't, feel something imposed upon them, then nothing can be made right. And we see our anger as sort of this righteous anger, a justifiable anger, a reasonable anger, because when we look at things, we see that, no, this was reasonable, that, that, that these things were done, that this needs to be fixed, that these are not right, and we need to make a verdict on it, and our anger is our way of showing what our verdict is says he will not accuse. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. We feel like when we're making things right, we're 
we're really just constantly accusing people, constantly finding fault. We, we feel like our job to make things right is all about us making, finding fault. And when we make family, a lot of it is about trying to make things right, trying to, we're just finding fault over and over again. And we feel like we need to hold on to the things that we are angry about. Hold on to the hurt. We can't let because it's wrong. And we need to make that clear. And so we feel justified in holding on to things forever. We can't let anything go. We'll bring things up that have happened 10, 20, 30 years later. Sometimes we'll... There's a million examples of that where you'll meet someone who 30 years, you haven't seen them in 30 years, and what will they bring up? They'll go right back to whatever problem there was 30 years ago. He says, he does not treat us as our sins deserve, nor repay us according to our iniquities. That word iniquities, what it means is a deliberate desire to, to act in an unreasonable way. It's sort of this decision that we think it's very rational, but it's actually just feeding an evil desire. But, but we don't see it as that. We just see it as this rational thing that we're pushing forward to make right. But it ends with an unreasonable way of doing things. <laughs> It ends with something that's just completely unreasonable. What, what's he talking about? We feel like, look, this is wrong. I'm angry about it. This needs to be addressed. I need to be talking about it. I need to do this. And we just start going down this road of reason. But then we end up just finding fault, finding fault, finding fault, finding fault, finding fault. Why is that unreasonable? Because what he's saying is, is if you're, if the goal is making right is about making family, finding fault isn't going to make family. Being angry isn't going to make family. It's going to make an enemy. But under the guise of making it right, many of the things we do seem reasonable. But if we put it in light of are we going to make enemies or make family, then it makes no sense. So what he's saying is, is, don't let making right, don't forget what making right is all about. It's about coming together as a family. And as we think about that, that he's not listing things off to tell us this is how we need to do it, that this is the new way of making right. He's telling us this so that we'll know we've completely failed in making right. There's no hope of us creating family by making right. The only hope in family, the only hope in that sense of rest, that sense of peace, that feeling of just people loving and accepting us and us loving and accepting, the only hope in everything that we can think of was of what family should be is found in a complete and utter gift that we had the day our mother gave birth to us, it was a gift given by God apart 
from whatever planning or good or bad or making right. It had nothing to do with any of that. It was a gift that God gave. And the reason why God gave it, he says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. That word compassion is deals tenderly or handles us tenderly. That we fail, but God, he says, wants us. He's created us because he wants us in his family. He, he wants to love and to be loved by us. He wants to rest after his work in the creation of the garden. He wanted to rest with his family, us included in that. And that from the time of the garden till now has been destroyed by us feeling like we need to take reins, by us needing to make things right. And that's really just been driven by an evil desire that we have to be God ourselves. And it's done nothing throughout all of time but destroy us. And if you look at Israel and Moses, such difficult things to overcome. How could you be oppressed? for hundreds of years and come out unscathed? How could you go through the wilderness? How could you just, no end of problems. How could they ever recover from that? How could they ever come into and find rest even into that? How could they let go? They, the entire time they were in the wilderness, they kept saying, whenever they'd encountered a problem, we should just go back to Egypt. There's so many things that are so messed up in so many of our families, so many long-standing hurts, some hurts based on real horrible things, some just on things that's based on a perspective that we have that may or may not even be the case. There's just hurt that's there, that's real hurt, that's perceived we leave our family. We decide we're going to make a new family. The family is the people that God's given us, and God's creating a family. And really our only way of connecting to that family is through forgiveness. And that's the tenderness that God is referring to, that we're in a fearful state are trying to make things right, us trying to make that family, us trying to create that on our own, has left us in a state where we're but dust, a limited life, a life full of fear. But God changes that fear into reverence, and the way he does is through tenderness. And the tenderness that he's referring to is the tender shoot that's coming forth from the line of Jesse he said it's a promise of Jesus that through this mess the good thing that God's given us in the family the people around us that we've turned into a mess that out of that the good that he's promising us is that a child will be given a son will be born uh, Jesus and that Jesus will be the one who establishes the real family that God's talking about.
And that real family isn't, hasn't had anything to do with the flesh and blood and uh, every way that we try and disrupt ourselves and, and cordon ourselves off as this or that. But the family that Jesus is creating is of those who say, I'm sorry, of those who can take a look around, look as far as the east is from the west to look up into heaven and to see the loving kindness of God, to see his tenderness. And from the way that God is just tenderly bringing us together as family and to be able to take a look at how we've just failed, to be able to turn and ask for forgiveness and not even really fully comprehending what that forgiveness entails, but at least heading down that road that's paved by forgiveness. And that's what Jesus has come to do to pay the price for the way that we've tried to make things right. The most vicious things in the world are done under the veil of someone saying that they're making things right, but it's really just about evil. And what the Lord's offering us today, he's not offering a path of here's what we need. We need to be tender. We're just not going to be. (laughs) But can we say we're sorry? Yeah, we can do that. Can we say that God's the one who's making it? We can do that. Can we, he talks about deliberately fixing our desire on something unreasonable Let's fix our desire on something that is reasonable. And what's reasonable? We want family. We don't want to be alone. We don't want to be isolated. We want to be loved. We want to. But God's the one who's going to make right. And so put our hope in what God is making right. Put our hope that we can have family, even if they're messing up, even if we're messing up, even if they intend it for evil, that, that God can make it into something that good, that God can turn all things together for good for those who love him, for the family that he's creating. And that family is seen through Jesus because Jesus is the one who's paying the price for our transgressions. Jesus is the one who's redeeming us. Jesus is the one who's making things right between us and God but also between us and others. And just as Moses in the wilderness, the only time he was really contributing was when he was praying on the behalf of his whole family, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us. And bring us into rest. Bring us into family. Bring us into the the promise that you have waiting for us based on forgiveness. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you for what you've done, and we just thank you, God, for the tenderness that you have towards us and the way that you are just so gentle with us and so compassionate. And Lord, we just want to ask forgiveness for the way that we've just failed uh, in our relationships with others, failed in every aspect of the family that you've given us, our real family, our friends, our at work, are the people that you put into our life. And Lord, we just ask that you would make things right. We ask this now in your name, Jesus. Amen.